It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host of Locked On Dolphins. And today on the show, not the originally scheduled power to the pod, but that's because exciting news. Our dear friend Joe Rose, former Miami Dolphin, radio voice of the team, he is back on today's program. And we want to make sure we go through the loss to Tennessee, where this team is at, where this team is going to be moving forward. Joe and I get into a lot today on the show. So buckle in and get ready for another episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and excited to get a guest on today's show and today's programming. Today was originally scheduled to be Power to the Pod. No worries. We are doing Power to the Pod on Friday afternoon on the YouTube channel. It will post Saturday morning. Want to be abundantly clear. Want to reward all you guys who make Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day with getting your voice on the platform. But Joe, kind of out of the blue, he's followed up with me, texted me up, said, hey, um, I, I know it's a bit last minute, but you want to catch up, talk about what happened in Tennessee and, and what's going on with this Dolphins team? And I said, uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Joe, I do. So took him up on it. A little bit of a change of plans and schedule. But like I said, Power of the Pod's coming later this week. So you'll get your questions, your topics, uh, all of your hot takes regarding the Miami Dolphins. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to you guys getting a chance to catch up with Joe. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right in with Joe Rose former Miami Dolphin, the man who caught Dan Marino's first touchdown pass. Dan Marino's former roommate is a member of the Miami Dolphins, radio voice of the Dolphins. Let's get it. It's a Friday here on Locked on Dolphins, and that means we're going to be joined by dear friend of the show, Mr. Joe Rose. He's been a, a frequent guest here on the podcast all throughout the course of the season, and we always love having him. So, Joe, uh, how are things? Hopefully, uh, you've gotten over this week 17 performance better than I have because I'm still licking my wounds over here a little bit. You know, this is about as bad as it gets. Not only losing 34 to three, but also catching COVID. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was not, it was not this old guy's best week and a half. I can tell you, man, it was, uh, it was really tough, but yeah, so disappointing to, to see, the way the Dolphins played, and hey, they were healthy. Unlike that Buffalo game a year ago where they had a lot of guys out offensively, mm-hmm. this thing had no excuses to be that bad. That Those were your best players, and, and offensively to only score three points, and then even defensively, they've been able to, you know, help the offense out by allowing them to stay or hang around with their great defense and to give up that amount of yards uh, against the run was just really disappointing. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of, of things I like your perspective on on that game, uh, starting with the offensive side of the ball. And I, I told everybody listening to the show that I wasn't going to have the stomach to watch the All-22 this week. I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. But 
curious from what you saw of the game and the offensive performance and in particular, the passing game, uh, did you find it interesting in any way, shape or form that it, it felt like Miami got away from a lot of the staple plays that they ran throughout a large majority of this winning streak? We, I didn't feel as though we saw as much of the RPOs. It looked like we were trying to do more drop back passing. And they said after the game, the players that the game plan was looking to push the ball down the field a little bit. So I was wondering right. if you made anything of that or what your reaction was to that. Cause I know there's a lot of criticism for the coaching going around this week. Well, listen, the coaching needs to be looked at as well as, as the players and, and the schemes that you're running and everything else. But uh, so to me, defensively, they stepped up in competition no question about it with the guys they had. They got a lot of guys back for that game. But but that front, defensively, um, there wasn't a lot of time to throw the football. Those guys are really good. Those three guys up front account for about two-thirds, if not more, of, of their sacks. And those guys are really, really good players inside as well as outside. And, and so I'm not sure what that game plan was. I, I'm really not. Um, I, I sometimes wonder if we're not doing things because we feel we're limited on the offensive line. So I feel like our coordinators are constantly going, ah, we can't do this. Probably won't have time. Can't do that. We're limited there. We're limited here. So, so I've always thought that was, was one of the problems we have, but, but the other problem and, and the one that I'm concerned with right now, um, to it, trying to throw the ball in, in, in bad weather, cold weather, windy weather, rain snow combination stuff that you're gonna if you're the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins in AFC East as far as just about any um division out there you're gonna play some games in late November December January in some bad weather and he's got to be able to throw the football better than that I don't want to hear about the rain I don't want to hear about slick um everybody's got to throw in it and when you don't have a running game fair or not there's going to be more pressure for this team to, to throw the football and have success with it. So I just thought we got exposed on a lot of things. And when the game plans don't go well, obviously the, the co-coordinators are going to come under the microscope as well for criticism, and they should. Um, there, there's a lot to go around. And, and the disappointing part for me was we just won seven straight games, and people nationally would tell me, Joe, calm down. They haven't beaten anybody. These are teams they're supposed to beat. Let's see how they do in their last two games when they step up and play two of the better teams in the AFC. And boy, you can't argue with what you saw. They got pounded. They lost by four touchdowns, four plus touchdowns in that game. Um, and it was just so disappointing. It, it just takes away from the seven wins in a sense for me. And it's, it's, all of a sudden, it's it's not a good feeling eight and eight right now. It's a it, it's a bad feeling. We've got holes everywhere. Um, defensively, we've got so much more talent on defense and offense. How do you let that happen? How does that happen when you put your team together in the off season and the year before, and you go, okay, this is the group we think we have a chance. Wow, that offense. I mean, it's pulling teeth to score, to kick field goals, to be honest, let alone score touchdowns. And just really disappointing. 
Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, with 100% chocolate on all their bars. It is the new year, which means it's time for making New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include some Built Bar in your plan. Here's an idea for the new year. Go all about your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the things that you have and replace them with Built Bar. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Right now, you can go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Dolphins fans, there's an incredible app. If you travel a lot, you drive around, you got to get get upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are saving as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime using your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. So let me ask you this. Um, in, in that light and looking forward to this offseason, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your gauge on how difficult you feel it will be to quote unquote fix the offense and, and fix is a very broad term and it, it could mean a lot of different things and uh what do you think is the one variable whether it's coaching or personnel that absolutely positively has to change if you are going to quote unquote fix this offense yeah. this offseason, there's a lot of fixing to do. So let's start yeah. with that. This is not a one player or two player upgrade or coaching. Uh, I think the offensive line coaching has to be evaluated seriously um, to play with that many young guys. I felt like you need a more experienced head coach. Maybe it's just me, excuse me, more experienced offensive line head coach. And um, I didn't see those guys getting better technique. Uh, and by the way, just besides the technique, what it might've been like, and I don't want to sit here and talk about technique all the time, but um, I was disappointed. They don't pick up games better fundamental games that a front four or a front five run um, doing crosses and, and lost catch see guys double teaming one guy and leaving his blocking responsibility and letting a guy have a free run at the quarterback just not acceptable these are fundamental things that they do in the league and uh for us to not get better right till Tennessee game it happened again right Austin Jackson right off the bat and it's like Austin how many times at guard do you have to see this kind of game where you're double teaming thinking hey somebody may come back into your guard hole there you you may want to stay home and meet them and uh and, and those things just happened um over and over again. So coaching, we got to upgrade offensive line. Um, and again, most of those offensive linemen, young offensive linemen will be on the team next year. They're all young players. But while you're talking about that, you've got to go get at least one, maybe two starters to upgrade that group, probably mm -hmm. with more experience that 
can come in and and be your best offense alignment and help help some of these young guys. The wide receiver group that we thought was so fast and was going to be a strength of this team. I couldn't have been more wrong about a group than that group. Um, Jalen Waddle, 133 targets. I didn't think that was going to happen. And if they would have been balanced and we would have gotten something out of Will Fuller and a healthy Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle doesn't get that many targets. And we're not talking about him going over 100 catches in his last game of the season, which been a great story. He was named the MVP of the team. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of upgrading. I, I think we need a big back. I, we got to stop overlooking this back thing in the second, third, fourth round. Grab one. Not in the seventh round. I'm tired of seventh round running backs. Grab a running back that you like. There's a bunch of them that our coach is just coaching a senior bowl, and most of them ended up being damn good. This rookie class of running backs around the NFL were really, really good. Not just the two from North Carolina. There were a lot of backs that really played well this year. So let, let's stay on the offensive line. I want to play a little game with you because I looked at I looked into this a little bit this week. And um, I'm going to say a name, and I want you to tell me whether or not you think this player is back as a starting offensive lineman at some position on the Dolphins' front in 2022. Okay, Fair. let's do it. Let's start – Let's start with the high note. Let's start with Robert Hunt. Yes. The only question for Robert Hunt will be whether he's a guard or a tackle when we evaluate him, but he's proven that he's good and can play both. The question is, where's he going to be best in the big picture um, on this offensive line? But no, he can play. How about Liam Eichenberg, who was drafted to play right tackle and then was at left guard and then back to right tackle and then to left tackle when they decided to move Austin Jackson and they invested two top 100 picks in because they traded a, a 2022 third round pick to move up in the second round and draft him. Liam Eichenberg will be a starting tackle for the Dolphins, and I don't know if it'll be left or right side. I don't know, but um, again, we, we can't replace all these guys. There, there's got to be some vision um, on, on the upside and because of what happened, which to me is one of the most head-scratching situations from an organization to not have a clue where he was going to end up. Not, they were so far off from left guard to right tackle, back to left tackle. Uh, I'm going to give him some time. I mean, Joe, you hammered that one in the first week in August when I was down in Miami for camp. We were talking about that sitting there watching practice. Talking Never about seen guys move work. around and asked to do so much as a rookie. Just unheard of. Unheard of. So how about Michael Dieter, who has shown some flashes at center but missed about half the season with some health issues? Comes back in as a starter. Michael Dieter will start at center. So what would you do if I told you if you traded Austin Jackson this offseason, it would only cost you an extra $20,000 against the salary cap? You think he's back if that's the case? Um, I am not going forward with Austin Jackson as a starter. Uh, his, his time as a first-round pick, there's no guarantees. He's got to come back. I expect he's going to be back on this team, but you can't hand him a, a starting job because he's a first-round pick um, in, in a draft over the last couple of years. That's not enough. He's got to go out and earn a job. He comes in, he's got to earn playing time or earn a, a sixth, seventh, or eighth spot as an offensive lineman on this team. And then that leaves Jesse Davis as the fifth starter uh, on this group from what we've seen for the vast majority of this season. You think Jesse's back 
He's under contract. I think Jesse could be back because they do like Jesse. Um, but again, would like Jesse coming off the bench as well as one of those guys. Um, and listen, I appreciate, I know he played hurt with a bad knee and had to miss practices and stuff, but, um, that, that one's, that one could be Eichenberg on that side. It could end up that way. And we may, if we're going to spend money, it could be to find a left tackle if we're being honest. So how about, um, since we're, we're kind of talking about players and their futures with the team and, and one of the big players everybody kind of has their eye on is Mike Gusecki and you know the, the team drafted a third round tight end and uh, he had a couple of really strong showings in the first half of the season and then when the team got hot he kind of got a little more quiet and uh, he was asked about his contract situation this week during his press availability and said he's really not trying to worry about it going to see what happens uh, what's your estimate on Mike, who's been one of the more productive receiving weapons this team has had, but that is also a nod to the availability of the rest of the other weapons that you had this season. Um, so Mike Gesicki is one of the better pass receiving tight ends in the NFL um, as a flex tight end where they use him most of the time. Um, I would like, I feel better about him than I think the coaching staff feels about him. Mm -hmm. uh, in the big picture. Um, he's got the best attitude um, of a guy that he obviously, players feel how an organization feels about him. They're not stupid. Everybody's got a good feel, whether you're wanted back or not. You start getting that feeling. I, I think most players, they know. They know like, yeah, I don't get a good feel from this group. Heck, if anything, we're insecure creatures and never feel good anyway about how well we're playing. That's just the way we're, we're all uh, put into these games. But um, I'd like to see Mike back. Um, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think he'll get some good offers. And uh, I'm really curious about that one because that's not the head scratcher for me. Uh, the head scratcher for me is drafting Hunter Long. I'm not sure what that was about in the third round with all the tight ends you had. You, you were very productive with your top three tight ends. It's the um, most productive tight end room in the history of the franchise from 2020. Hunter Long is never going to be as athletic catching a football as Mike Kosicki. He Physically, it's just not going to happen. I, I was really, and I haven't had a chance to talk to Mike. His route running has gotten better. He ran a couple routes and even against Tennessee in the last game where he really is getting a good feel for chopping his steps, coming out of the break better for, for, uh, for a long-legged guy. I always thought that was a problem for route running for him. You can see he's really worked on some things and he's doing a better job with it. Um, he's a tough son of a gun in the middle of the field. Uh, I hope we keep him, um, but I'm not sure it's going to happen when we start looking at all the needs on this team. Uh, I think they feel they've got enough there. And again, I'm going to say this. I don't think Hunter Long is ever going to be Mike Kosicki as a pass receiver. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online is the number one spot for all of the sports wagering action in 2022. A new year with a new updated de desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. 
from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, what's your expectation for Sunday as far as the team was eliminated from postseason contention in week 17, and now you got to play a home game against the yeah. Patriots, and they're going to the playoffs, and they just put a 50-burger on the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they're playing with a lot of momentum. And yes. all these players are saying all the right things throughout the press conference of, we got one more chance to go out there. This is the game we're going to have to live with for the next six to eight months, as Mac uh, Holland said earlier this week. Uh, but talking the talk versus walking the walk when your season is for all intents and purposes over, oh, and this has a potential to be a real gut punch. Are you worried about a, a hangover here against New England? I'm not. I think it's it's a good matchup for the Dolphins. Um I, not only did they beat him to start the season, which was a long, long time ago, but I, I like the matchups. My question's going to be again on the line of scrimmage where we just got our ass kicked last week against Tennessee. We just got pounded. I, I just believe New England's going to come out and with their backs, they got three good sized backs and they're going to try to run the football and mix in passes with their group. They're tied in and a couple of their free agent wide receivers and um, and try to control things that way and and then force us just to throw the football take the run away from us and I think it's going to be a lot of copycat from what we saw against Tennessee although I just expect Tua will play better in these conditions it's supposed to be a beautiful day at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday but I expect it's going to be a good game I, I think there's going to be enough pride even though you're right the Dolphins aren't playing for anything and the Patriots are, are playing to still win the AFC East. I mean, they can mm -hmm. still win that thing. Although, let's be honest, the Jets are going to Buffalo to play. And it shouldn't be. But I expect, you know, anything can happen. So the Patriots going to play that game. It, it's, it's not going to be an easy one. Like you said, they just scored a ton of points. But I, I'm expecting this Dolphin team to show up and, and play pretty well with a good game plan from Brian Flores. Yeah, you'd like to think the opportunity and, and Vrabel, obviously, with his background and playing with the Patriots, you know, you'd expect that a lot of the things that Tennessee did, you would expect New England to try to replicate. And you had a week to sit down. And like you said, they're playing for nothing but pride. And um, I know that the 2019 season happened under different circumstances, but we all remember how that season ended when they went to New England and won a football game when their season was over and the Patriots were playing for not just a right. division championship. They were playing for a first round buy in the playoffs and got knocked out. So here's hoping Miami can, um, can find some of that same energy and, and match that on Sunday against new England. Um, we we've touched on to a tongue of a low a little bit. And of course the speculation has kind of bubbled up again about his future with the organization. And, um, 
I don't think anything's necessarily changed as far as uh, the pressure that he's always had, but I'm curious from your perspective, if Tennessee, that game goes a lot differently, do you think um, he could have had the opportunity to really slam the door shut on some of this speculation this off season? Oh, I think uh, that was a big test for him. No question. He stepped up in competition. He knew he had to play one of his best games. I think the organization wants to see how he plays in those kind of weather conditions. The only game of the year that they've had those kind of weather conditions. Dolphins got lucky this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they were really curious to see how he was going to step up and play. He can't control whether they can run the football or not, okay? That, that's not on him. You, they can either run or they can't. And we haven't been able to run the football. I don't blame Tua Tungavailoa the fact we can't run the football. But when he gets chances to make some throws, um, he made three or four throws that were scary, scary bad. And, and, and so um, he needs to bounce back this week, and then we'll see what happens because I just believe the team's going to be very open-minded to seeing if they can upgrade that position in the offseason, which, by the way, may not happen. May, right. not, may not be able to do it. There's a whole bunch of other teams in the same boat. They're looking upgrade with those same names that could come from proven veterans in the league if, if it really happens. Seems like every year we're talking about same guys going to – they could leave. Can we get them? Right. And then whatever you think, and I know you know a lot more than I do about this draft class of guys coming out, there's no guarantee any of them are better than Tua Tungavailoa, though. Yeah, and, and I want to leave you – uh, with this question, because it's a, a really hotly contested point of contention for a lot of the fan base. And, you know, it's, it is the Tua is, or Tua is not the root of the problem of the dolphins. And how do you compartmentalize? Because I think we can all look at the offensive line and say, yeah, it's bad. You can look at the running game and say, yeah, it's bad. You can look at the coaching staff and say, yeah, this is really unorthodox. And this might not be how you want to do this long-term. But then you can also look at, at Tua and his performance and see the high points and the low points. So how have you tried to compartmentalize his performance right. within an environment that has flaws effectively at every level? That's a great question um, because I'm around a lot of people who love Tua and want him to be the guy. And I'm around some other people that have given up on him, said, I, I, I've seen enough. Um, so if you like Tua then you're going, Hey man, come on, Joe, you got to be, come on. You what's he have around him? Really? Come on. There's no threat of a running game. Come on. And, and then if you don't, you're going, well, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a good quarterback, you're going to make everybody else better. When you drop back and throw it, you're, you're going to look like a franchise quarterback and help this group when they're struggling. And, and, uh, and the offensive line's not that good. And a couple guys might be out of wide receiver your job still to get the ball to the right guy in the right place. So he's got a chance to make plays. Um, but all your points are well taken. Did our offensive coaching staff do a good enough job? Um, were we good enough on the offensive line? Were our receivers as good as we thought they were? No. We, we thought that group was going to be a lot better with all that speed that we never got to see. Um, so there were a lot of things that, that held it back in fairness to two. I, I don't, I don't disregard any of that stuff. I think it's legit. I, I do. I, I think there's no question he, he would be a better quarterback 
in, in, in better circumstances around them. Um, but we don't. Hey, I'd ask you one better than that because your question was so good to me and put me on the spot. Yep. How many guys do you really have coming back that you go, man, I know Jalen Waddle, Robert Hunt. How many guys can you, can you're like, you're just going like defensively, you got a bunch of guys, right? Almost the whole unit. I want back. Yeah. You're across the board at almost every position, man. I want to keep, I want to keep our first four guys there. I want to keep our three safeties. Um, which I do. I want to keep our top three safeties and would love to have row back with the two young guys. Um, then you go to the offensive side of the ball. How did this thing get so lopsided between the defensive talent and the offensive talent? It's one of the least talented yeah. offenses in the national football league right now. Yeah. I think they're, they're really paying the price for the lack of stability on that side of the ball where the vision for the offense each year has changed. And the, the style of offense they're playing now is very different than the style of offense they played with Chan, which is different from the style of offense that they played when they brought in the, the Chad O'Shea New England Patriots-esque offense. So um, to answer your original question, Robert Hunt, if you can get him under contract, Mike Gusecki, uh, Jalen Waddell. And I liked what I saw for the most part from Michael Dieter, but that's probably where my list unequivocally stops is you know it's a very small nucleus of guys that i would say no questions asked a a a group that has 11 players on a field and we just named two three four guys and one of them's not under contract next year and and defensively it's it's four times that size that list it, it could be 13 or 14 guys when we throw in our rotation guys we all love van ginkle and and the young guys this year were good on defense Um, that rotation of tackles, except for the Tennessee game, Zach Sealer is a key backup. My God, he's a really yeah. good player. Um, And then, like I said, you've got three corners, excuse me, three safeties that you like two corners that are expensive the two highest paid players on your team. And I said it this week, Nick Needham, I want him back. I don't want, I don't mm-hmm. want to develop Nick Needham and now lose him to somebody else. And he's don't be a farm team. Here. Right. I mean, that, that's what you saw this team do for a while in the 2010s was they'd get some talented guys and then they jump ship at the end of their contract. And whether it was Olivier Vernon or uh, anybody else, they, they'd really develop here and become good players. And then they'd go somewhere else to play yeah. and, and they would reap the benefits of the development that those players had here in Miami. Got to be balanced, though, in this thing for it uh, just got lopsided. Got and through free agency and some missed draft picks. This is this is what you get. We got to get somebody can draft offensively. Somebody does a better job between a GM and a head coach getting the right guys. Yeah. Whatever we're trying to be offensively, which I don't we don't even. We don't have that right now. I know, I'm not sure what we are offensively. Well, the good news is the first shoe that has to drop is the coaching and they'll have to make that decision here in January when the end of the season comes as far as if they're running it back and then we can put that under the microscope or alternatively, if they decide to make changes, you can kind of look at the track record of of who they bring in. I mean, I personally, I'd love to see them go out and get a, a established experienced offensive coordinator, uh, that, that has a good track record of 
being able to run the football and knows what he wants on that side of the ball. And um, if they're going to make a change, I, I think they have to go get somebody who can own that side of the football the way that they probably envisioned that Chan was going to when he, before he was one and done and how they probably envisioned Jim Caldwell was going to before right. he had health issues and, and was unable to, to contribute to the team in 2019. Who now, by the way, back in the league, looking to get a head coaching job. Yeah. Right. So yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. And by the way, let's not forget the front office and find out how Mr. Ross and Mr. Garfinkel and the rest of them feel about the overall drafting over the last couple of years, the two biggest drafts in the history of this franchise, five ones, four twos, three threes or four threes. If you want to talk about trading with the Raiders for a third round pick, a lot of high picks, man. It's going to be a very, uh, very tense couple of weeks here. Once Sunday comes and goes because that evaluation process starts the second clocks hit triple zeros. Right in the fourth quarter on Sunday against new England. And uh, Joe hope to see you there. I know I alluded to hey, it already, but told I'll you, be, told I'll you come down. on up. I'll, I'll call you and, and uh, get you, get you up there with us. And, uh, and you can watch this thing and we can all watch it together. Try to figure out what it's uh, what it's going to look like. And here's hoping we're celebrating a win on Sunday. What a Man, way to go I know just uh, finish, even though you finish out, finish nine and eight sure sounds a lot better, doesn't it? But uh, being out of the playoffs, just, absolutely stinks to our fan base with such high expectations, but uh, part of being a Miami Dolphin football fan. That's right. And, and I know I can speak for a large fraction of our listenership here on Locked on Dolphins who uh, amidst the hardship really appreciates your time uh, here on Locked on Dolphins. So thanks again for joining me. I love it. Love talking to fans and love talking to you, Kyle. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. And that's going to do it for us on another episode of Locked on Dolphins, uh, your team every day here on Locked on Network. We don't just say it, we live it. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. And we'll talk to you after Sunday's game against the New England Patriots. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.